Hey, welcome to Rick's Rambles for the week of March 29th, 2021. You're going to notice a little format change this week. I had a very dear friend give me a suggestion, and I've tinkered around with it, and it really makes things a lot better. I hope for you as well as for me. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to go into Rick's fun facts, first of all. This week, 10 fun facts about the Pony Express. Number one, the Pony Express was more than twice as fast as Stagecoach's, its main competitor. Nebraska to California was covered in seven days and 18 hours via the Pony Express, as opposed to 25 days via Stagecoach. Number two, the Pony Express was a financial flop. It folded in 1861, having lost $200,000. Number three. There was a weight limit for Pony Express riders. They could weigh no more than 125 pounds. Boys as young as 13 were regularly hired on as the riders. Number four, the riders were required to take a loyalty oath, and here it is. I do hereby swear before the great and living God that during my engagement and while an employee of Russell, Majors, and Waddell, I will under no circumstances use profane language. I will drink no intoxicating liquors. I will not quarrel or fight with any other employee of the firm. And that in every respect, I will conduct myself honestly, be faithful to my duties, and so direct all my acts as to win the confidence of my employers. So help me, God. Number five, the mail was carried in a specially designed saddlebag. It was a light saddlebag called a moquila, the Spanish word for knapsack. It was waterproof leather and had three compartments for mail and small packages. Number six, ordinary people almost never used the Pony Express. The Pony Express was fast, but it wasn't cheap. It was $5 for every half ounce of mail. In today's money, that is roughly $130 for a letter. Ordinary people didn't use the Pony Express. The record, one rider completed a 380-mile run in two days. That is amazing. Two days, almost 400 miles on horses. Number eight, as dangerous as it was, the riders did not have the deadliest job on the Pony Express. That was the way stations where the packages and letters were dropped. They were regularly robbed, and the death rate for the owners of the way stations was three times as high as for the riders. Number nine, Buffalo Bill, although he claimed to be, probably was not a Pony Express rider. In his autobiography, Buffalo Bill Cody claimed that he was a Pony Express rider when he was 14 and that he set the world record running 390 miles in a single run. Well, he may have worked for the messenger at some point, but there's no record of him ever carrying the mail, and records show that he was in elementary school when the Pony Express was running. And number 10, what led to the demise of the Pony Express? The telegraph. Much faster, much cheaper. So there you go, 10 fun facts about the Pony Express. Big thanks to my good friend, Doug Arnold from Kokomo, Indiana, and my good friends at Gutty's Comedy Club, the Midwest's only clean comedy club 
in Greenwood, Indiana, for sponsoring this month's episodes of Rick's Rambles. GuddiesComedyClub.com. Go to their website to purchase tickets for an online show or to attend a show in person. Hey, it's time for our good news story of the week. This week's story is about the boy who makes bow ties for dogs and cats. For rescue pups to get adopted, they need to stand out from the crowd. One teenage boy has made it his mission to make sure that they do, and he does it by providing his canine pals with slews of adorable bow ties that he sews himself. Darius Brown's sister, Desai, taught him how to sew when he was eight. The youngster's first project was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-themed bow tie, and it proved so popular with his classmates, he knew he had found his niche. According to his mom, Joy, the son's new passion was a bit of a godsend. Diagnosed at an early age with speech and fine motor skills disabilities, she noticed that Darren's abilities steadily improved as he painstakingly pursued his new craft. She said he was so determined. He would sit and watch his sister for hours on end and just take it all in. He started cutting out fabric, and pretty soon, he was running the sewing machine all by himself. Well, when Darius learned about all the family pets that were left homeless by Hurricane Irma in 2017, he was inspired to invest his emerging talent in helping them get adopted. He soon delivered his first batch of 25 rescue bow ties to New York City's ASPCA Animal Shelter, which had become a refuge for a large influx of dogs and cats from the hurricane. I saw how happy the people at the shelter were to get the bow ties and how much the dogs liked them, and I decided to make more, he told us. I came up with a goal to get bow ties to every animal shelter in every state. The young haberdasher to the furry set estimates he's sewn about 6,000 bow ties for rescue animals since he started out. Pets in Washington, D.C. shelters and so far eight other U.S. states have been beneficiaries of his paw-inspiring handiwork. He especially likes to focus his attention on older animals and on pets with disabilities since he knows they're often the hardest to place in homes. Shelter directors acknowledge that his bow ties have made a huge difference in getting more of their low-profile pets adopted. With a little help from his mom, Darius bought his Bows and Paws brand of life on Facebook and Instagram. And Bows is spelled B-E-A-U-X, Bows and Paws. I'll put links to that down below, but you can find him on Instagram and Facebook. They also set up a GoFundMe campaign to help defray the cost of his sewing supplies. As demand for his colorful wares grew, Darius broadened his operations by starting up his own entrepreneurial website, Sir Darius Brown. He earmarks a portion of all profits to the ASPCA. As much as a dog lover as Darius is, the apartment complex in which the Brown family currently lives doesn't allow pets. So, for now, his dreams of having a canine companion of his own to keep him company will remain on hold. One day, however, Darius hopes to captain his own foster facility and surround himself with tail-wagging love. He also plans to expand the bows and paws inventory to include brightly colored and boldly patterned dog sweaters and vests for the well-heeled hound, taking his bow ties for bow-wows, 
to the big time, all while showing adorable pets off to their best advantage. What a great, great story that is. And it almost made me tear up reading it into the microphone here. I love people that find a unique way, something they're passionate about, that makes the world a better place. And if an eight-year-old boy can do it, you and I can do it too. There's your good news story for the week. A while back, I signed up to get a short story every morning in my email, and I've been reading them every morning, and most of them are okay. I get a little something out of them, but I read one this week that really, really struck me, and I wanted to share it with you, so here we go. And I don't know who wrote this. If I did, I would give credit, but these come through without any uh, credit given. So one day while I was riding my bike, I noticed a fella in front of me about a half a mile or so. I noticed he was traveling a little bit slower than me, so I decided to overtake him. I had about a mile and a half to go on the road before I needed to turn off. So I started riding faster and faster with every block. I was gaining on him just a little bit. Within a few minutes, I was about 50 yards behind him. So I gathered all my strength and tried hard to overtake him, and finally, I was ahead of him. It was, to me, like the last lap of the triathlon. As I passed him, I thought to myself, I'm a winner. I won while he had no clue at all that we were in a race. After I passed him, I realized I had been so focused on competing against him that I had missed my turn and had gone a half a mile past it and had to turn around and go another half a mile back. That's often what happens in life. We spend most of our time in competition with neighbors and friends and family and co-workers trying to outperform them, trying to get in front of them, while you really were never in a race with them. We use most of our time and our energy in competition, and instead of reaching our destination, we miss out on the joy of the journey. Unhealthy competition is kind of a continuous process. It's a never-ending cycle. I've got caught up in that myself, the race of life. But we need to remember that no matter what we do, somebody will always be ahead of us. Somebody with a better house, a better car, a better job, more educated, whatever. Life is not a race. Life is a journey. And I just wanted to share that with you all today. Somebody suggested this might be a fun feature, so I'm going to give it a try. I graduated from high school in 1974, so here are the top 10 songs from this week in 1974. Number one, Sunshine on My Shoulders by John Denver. Number two, Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede. Remember that version? Ooga Chaga, Ooga, Ooga. Remember that one? Number three, Seasons in the Sun. We had joy, we had fun, we had Seasons in the Sun. Number four, one of my favorites, Benny and the Jets by Elton John. Number five, Dark Lady by Cher. I didn't realize that song had been such a big hit. Number six, Mockingbird, Carly Simon and James Taylor. Number seven, Jet, Paul McCartney and Wings. Number eight, Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. By the way, here's a little trivia. Redbone was the only Native American group to place in the top 10. Number nine, Eras 2 by Mokadotis. Remember that one? It was an all-instrumental one, if I recall correctly. And number 10, 
The Lord's Prayer by Sister Janet Mead. So there you have it, the top 10 songs for this week in 1974. And just a reminder, if you'd like to sponsor an episode or a series of episodes, drop me an email. I'll put the address in the show notes. Or if you'd like to support the podcast in another way and the other things I do, you can buy me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Rick Garrett. And I will put that link also in the show notes. And we're going to wrap up this week's episode of Rick's Rambles with the special days for this week. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did recording this. So here we go. Today, Monday, March 29th, is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. So let's get out and support some of those mom and pop businesses. And it is also National Piano Day. Tuesday the 30th is National Virtual Vacation Day. So fire up that computer and do a virtual visit for a museum or a beach and take a virtual vacation. Wednesday, March 31st, Manatee Appreciation Day. I think those are just such beautiful creatures, and I really hope to see some in the wild someday. Thursday, April 1st is National Burrito Day, and it's also, of course, April Fool's Day. Friday, April 2nd, National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day, and also Good Friday. Saturday, April 3rd, Pony Express Day. And Sunday, April the 4th, of course, is Easter and also National Carrot Day. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Rick's Rambles. So remember, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can. We'll start right now, and we'll make the world a better place.